The U.S. intel community says China was lying about their COVID-19 numbers. Huh? What? No. I know. Everyone is shocked and appalled. No one could believe this. Also, uh, the new numbers indicate that uh, the goal, the new goal, is 100,000 to 240,000 deaths in the United States. We've got a lot to get into, and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined in studio, risking our lives for you, the viewer. Uh, we've got Stuber Gear, host of Stu Does America, which everyone should subscribe to. I mean, if you like good TV. Good to see uh, my fellow expendables here. Yes. Yes, yes yeah. of course. And uh, Jason Buttrell, chief researcher of the Glenn Beck program, uh, and also soon to be, I don't know, deathly ill, I guess. Because <laughs> he's up here. We pulled him up here for the show. Thank you for coming into the trenches yep, that's, just for us. That's what I owe the viewer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got a lot to get into. Let's talk China first, because there's a new report that just came out that uh, they, I, I know you guys are shocked and appalled, didn't see it coming, <laughs> complete plot twist that apparently the U.S. intel community now knows that China was lying about the COVID-19 death toll and confirmed cases, uh, and that it was actually way higher than they indicated. No. Clutch your pearls. Yeah, I know. I'm very stunned. Sit down <laughs> onto your fainting couch. Uh, I know. <laughs> you mentioned Stu Does America. We did a show on this last night, uh, going through all the lies uh, that they put forward. And it's not, you know, it, we kind of looked at it in the perspective of like a cheating spouse. It's like, we know China's cheated on us a hundred times before, and we keep, like, we know they cheated on us this entire run-up on this thing, and now we're supposed to be believing them because they're saying, oh, we're down to, like, two cases a day. I don't know how it's, it's incredible. Like, I don't believe it at all. I think it's still going on. I mean, we've seen uh, multiple reports of, uh, you know, thousands of urns being shipped into cities for no reason. The incinerators are running 24-7 in some of these cities, and that's just the anecdotal stuff. They're, they're opening and closing of these buildings that keep running like, oh, we're going to open all of our movie theaters. Ah, we're going to close all our movie theaters. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, like in one day, yeah. uh, you know, the, the second tallest building in the world is Shanghai Tower. It's, uh, it was opened and then closed again. Museums, uh, entertainment, uh, you know, facilities, all just being opened and closed over and over again. I think it's, you know, considerably, was considerably worse at the beginning when we know they were hiding it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's worse now. I mean, I think they've got a lot more going on. It's just basically impossible Unless they have some, you know, unless there's some other strain of the disease that they had that wasn't as bad as the ones that ever, that's hitting everywhere else in the world, it, it spreads too easily. Um, and, you know, you look at this and you, you have people in China, they're, you know, jammed into very dense cities. Uh, they are all connected by high-speed rail. They had the, you know, the, the Chinese New Year right around that time where tens of millions of people were trading cities. There's just no way this didn't blow up all over that, all over that country. And, you know, they keep trying to make us believe that nothing happened. I don't believe it at all. And I think it really affected the way we responded to it. We didn't freak out because we didn't see what was really going on. China needs to be held accountable for this. Yes. Absolutely. Stu, we talked about this, I think, went on your show one day and talked about this, where this goes all the way back to late December mm -hmm. when the Chinese burst into, you know, the lab where they were studying this and said, destroy all your, all, everything you have on this virus. And not only that, but we are now enlisting you to help suppress this information. Mm -hmm. um, by early January... Uh, the CDC was at was was invited into China to go see what was going on and gather our own data, and they specifically left out information that this was traveled human to human. 
kind of a big deal because that's the strength of this virus on how much it spreads human to human. And which, so is what, which is what the World Health Organization then parroted. Yeah. OK, so this leads to my next point is that not only should they be held accountable, but everyone complicit in this as well. Everyone that helped China do that. I think the WHO. I tell you what, um, on Glenn's show on Friday, he's going to show something that is absolutely mind melting. It's insane. <laughs> I love the Jason Only Brown. he would say that. <laughs> mind melting. It's dope. I'm dope. I know. I'm, I've trademarked that. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm promising something big here, but it's going to deliver. And it explains everything. It explains why the WHO is so in bed with the Chinese right now. I mean, from what was that? January 14th, yeah. when they were like, yep, yeah, no evidence of all of human to human trend. If you're doctors looking at this data, how can you even say that? Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. You know, if anything, I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned after this. But I think I hope there's like a serious, you know, kind of reflection or questioning that start, starts happening as far as like, you know, how 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 much power are we willing to give the states mm-hmm. on just suspending the Constitution? How much how, how much sure. leverage are we willing to give them on that stuff? If, if anything, start writing things down specifically. Like, okay, there's serious oversight oversight whether it's state legislatures or whatever. After these things happen, to say, look, you need to sun, sunset some mm-hmm. of these things yeah. quicker. You need to show us our data. Be trans, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Transparent. Transparent. Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> be transparent and and why the data you were looking at and how that you know made you come to these decisions. But not only them, but people like the WHO who get tons of funding all over the world, and they're acting like a propaganda arm for the Chinese. It's, mm-hmm. it's insane. Well, it's not just the WHO, though, either, though, isn't it? Our, it's our own media who keeps repeating all of these statistics, and it's, uh, it's almost as if they are excited about uh, America's numbers of coronavirus. They're touting them and completely overlooking the fact that we can't trust China's numbers at all. I mean, it's... it's, it's absolutely happening. I mean, Hillary Clinton tweeted, you know, yeah. oh, hey, we're, you know, he, America first. I mean, bragging about how we had more deaths than China. I mean, like a terrible, terrible, uh, you know, you have to be an awful person, basically, yeah. and Hillary Clinton proves that yet again she is. But columnists and, and reporters were doing this like crazy. I, I tweeted a whole uh, string today that someone much smarter than me put it together, but found all the examples of how the, the media uh, had praised China mm-hmm. um, over and over and over again for their incredible handling of this. Like, it, like I, Jason, you're probably the best person to talk to uh, talk about this, but it's like this is borderline act of war type of stuff. We we're gonna we're gonna watch tens of thousands of our own citizens die because uh, largely because of what China did. Now, yes, they didn't in, I don't, they didn't invent the, the, the you know, disease in a lab. It's not that, but them not telling us made us believe, and our medical professionals believe that the response needed to be different than it actually needed to be. And so we held back. We didn't do all the things that we should have done. And look, there were mistakes along the way that we made. It's not all China's fault. But the fact is, today, right now, they've done, has to be, millions of tests for this. We don't have the results. Why are they not sharing that with the global community, as it were? Why are they not telling us how many were negative, why they were negative, what other features we found, and what kind of uh, you know real information they have tons and troves and troves of it that could help us understand what's going on here. They're still not sharing it with us. We know that there's probably, instead of 80,000 cases in in this country, probably 800,000 or more. And we could get real information that our um, experts could put to good use here. 
could not only save lives, but, but could hopefully save our economy, too. Mm-hmm. Um, really big things at stake. And China is doing everything they can to hurt us and hurt every other country in the world. And they need to be held accountable. It's borderline act of war to no, me. Absolutely, it Jason, is. Jason, hold on, hold on. I, I want to get your thoughts on that because <sighs> um, I do think it's important. But it's not just, I want to point this out, it's mm-hmm. not just Stuber Gear of Stu Does America mm. who is saying that China is a significant reason that we, like, we couldn't plan any other way other than getting using the information that we got from China. It was also uh, Dr. Burks, who is the White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator. She also went out on the White House press briefing yesterday and said pretty much the same thing. She said any lack of preparation that we have right now is because of China's missing numbers. Let's listen to her really quickly, and then, Jason, I want to get your thoughts. When you talk about could we have known something different, You know, I think all of us, I mean, I was overseas when this happened in Africa, and I think when you looked at the China data originally and you said, oh, well, there's 80 million people or 20 million people in Wuhan and 80 million people in Hubei, and they come up with a number of 50,000, you start thinking of this more like SARS than you do this kind of global pandemic. I mean, I'll just be frank. That's when I looked at it, I was like, oh, well, this is not, you know, if as close as those quarters are, you know. So I think the medical community made, interpreted the Chinese data as that this was serious, but smaller than anyone expected. Because I think probably we were missing um, significant amount of the data now that when we see what happened to Italy and we see what happened to Spain. Jason. Missing some of the data, not not only that, but be actually being lied to about the data. When you're telling I me, mean, I'm sorry to go back to that human to human transmission thing because that's just so huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you're covering that up, what they wanted, remember, I think it was like two weeks ago, there was another crazy virus that popped up in China. It was like one single case. Yes. Do you remember that? Yeah. And it, well, do we know that it was just one single <laughs> yeah, case? It was true. one single case that we've you heard of. But I think it's a good example of what I think China wanted to pass the coronavirus off as. And that specific virus is something. Something that's that's not human that's not human to human transferable. So everyone breathes a sigh of relief. You don't mm-hmm. have to worry about it. But that's what they wanted it to be like. So that's why they're like lying to the CDC when the CDC went over there. That's why they, I guess, lied to the WHO or or the WHO is in cahoots with them. I don't know what to believe at this point from them. I just don't trust them at all. The WHO that is or the Chinese. Yeah. But I mean, but. Uh, because of that, and you remember the China was saying, uh, was that back in mid-February, they were like, these travel restrictions are an overstep by the United States. The United mm-hmm. States is stupid. You know, keep flights going. Mm-hmm. And, and the WHO said, and racist. Mm-hmm. And the WHO said the same thing. Mm-hmm. WHO was like, yeah, just continue those flights. Just keep them up. During that time, from, what was that, late January, early February, all the way up until, I think, March, until all flights got shut down, they were coming and going from Wuhan, coming and going all over the United States, I mean, all over the entire world. Mm -hmm. Now, they said, I think, a couple of days ago that if they would have known back then before to shut flights down sooner, if the the Chinese would have been more, you know, open about it, Mm -hmm. then they would have mitigated 95% of the spread of the virus. Mm -hmm. 95%. Wow. Now, you look at the death numbers in some of these countries, going back to your points, too, that you're looking at wartime casualties. I mean, what they just uh, predicted for deaths here in the United States, that's about on par with the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's an act of war. Directly led because you deceived us. So you said earlier that China should pay for... Yes. Their, so how? How do you mean? 
I mean, I, I fully expect lawsuits to happen, but I, I'm, I'm hopefully we have the Treasury Department looking at sanctions and hopefully the rest of the world will get on board with this. I think a lot of people in the West will be able to get on board. I know UK's uh, pissed. I think France is pissed. There's a lot of people pissed that we get a coalition to do some kind of sanctions package. I think it'll probably come in something like that. At the very least, can they stop eating bat? Is that possible? <laughs> Come on, guys. Well, they just, did they just reopened their they just reopened wet, markets. wet markets with all these little weird creatures, uh, including uh, scorpions on a stick, in case oh. anyone's interested. God. Um, yeah, no, it's... I'm sorry. I know, this is not racism. What the hell no, is I... wrong with them? <laughs> Who eats can't. that? I can't answer it. What? I can't. I don't know. Oh. It's really, really gross. Um, and it's a oh. terrible... I, we don't know exactly how it got spread. At some point, though, it did come from a bat and it transferred through yeah. maybe some other animal. We don't know exactly how it happened. I'm just saying, separate from the disease, disease stop eating bat. It's not... can't be good. <laughs> it just can't be good. Um, you know, it's... it's uh, looking at this, you know, after the SARS thing happened, um, China put in a really serious <laughs> out, disease outbreak sort of system to make sure something like that never happened again. In fact, just last year, the head of their, their entire uh, country's medical apparatus said, we'll never have another SARS-like incident. Mm. Now, Meaning this, we'll never let yeah, it get out, the information yeah, right. get out. <laughs> yeah, probably. Because uh, this was not very SARS-like. Uh, it's going to kill a hell of a lot more people than that. We're over 40,000 now uh, worldwide, and it's, the number is growing in, in a really terrifying way by the day. Um, but they had, uh, they, it was really like, you know, a lot of people, you wind up like reinforcing your priors when you look at these things a lot of times, like, you know, I, and maybe this is me doing that, but it's like political correctness. We always talk about mm. political correctness and how, um, you know, oh, well, it's you know, woke versus, you know, are you allowed to say the trans and, and all these things? The real old school definition of political correctness comes from Marxism, where they, where the state would tell you what was okay to say, and that is really what happened here. Political correctness is the reason this got out because they put in this really de- this detailed system that would have worked really well and had worked on previous outbreaks really well, but it had been a while, and so now the doctors who want to report the disease to you know central uh, command. They tried to do that, but they had to get approval of local communist uh, politicians first. And, of course, they all said, well, we don't want to be the ones who let this outbreak happen. So they all downplayed it. They hit it. It took weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And there's all sorts of other breakdowns. At the end of the day, what we see is bureaucracy and political correctness that winds up spreading a global pandemic that's going to kill, you know, a lot of people. Whether it gets to 100,000 here, God, I, I hope it doesn't. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly going to do that worldwide. And it, who knows? It could be worse than that. Yeah. Uh, when we come back, the White House says the new goal is to keep the deaths from coronavirus to 100,000 to 240,000. It's not really a great goal, but we'll get, we'll get into it. It's something. Uh, first, we want to thank our sponsor, NetSuite. So we know here from personal experience here at uh, Blaze Media that um, it's really difficult when you're an entrepreneur, you own a small or medium-sized business, and you're trying to grow your company and you have all of these operating systems that are working separately. So you've got your HR system over here, you've got your accounting system over here, you've got your sales system over here, and you can't know your numbers at, at all. Even worse, I mean, this got to be even more than normal for this now because you got everybody, all those departments are all working at home. Right, I mean, exactly. You, you have no idea how to get the information. Exactly. Uh, that is where NetSuite comes in, NetSuite by Or. Um, It offers you all of those systems, but it's all under one umbrella. And it's accessible by the cloud. So if you're uh, home 
in self-quarantine, you can access your numbers. If you happen to have to drive into the office because you're like us and you're expendable, you also <laughs> can access your numbers. You can get it from wherever you are. Uh, and it, can, it, it helps you grow your business substantially. Like I said, we use it here at Blaze TV. Ring uses it. Tacovas uses it. So many of the, uh, the top companies, they use this to grow their company. You can too. All you have to do is go to netsuite.com slash why. Schedule a free product product tour right now and receive your free guide, Six Ways to Run a More Profitable Business. I mean, I'm just saying only do this if you're in the market of making money. If you're not, I don't know why you're a business owner. Otherwise, go to netsuite.com slash why. That is netsuite.com slash why. I want every American to be prepared for the hard days that lie ahead. We're going to go through a very tough two weeks. And then hopefully, as the experts are predicting, as I think a lot of us are predicting after having studied it so hard, you're going to start seeing some real light at the end of the tunnel. But this is going to be a very painful, very, very painful two weeks. When you look and see at night, the kind of death that's been caused by this invisible enemy, it's, it's incredible. Uh, that was President Trump saying that the new, I mean, I, you got to call it a goal, right? The new goal is to contain the amount of coronavirus deaths to 100,000 to 240,000 in America. Incredible. Uh, it's hard to wrap your brain around, especially, I, I, we were talking about this off air. It's hard to wrap your brain around, especially if you are in where we are at, Texas, where it has not peaked yet. Stu, when is it supposed to peak in Texas? I think they said mid-May, early to mid-May here. Okay. So we have a few more weeks. Right, but I mean, it just, it doesn't, you don't feel it personally, right? I mean, I'm not saying, I know it's not a hoax. We see it on TV. We see what's going on in New York City. It's awful. It's devastating. But it's it's hard to really feel it in places like Texas and some some of the other more rural uh, states because we, we're not seeing it. And not only that, but I think it's you're looking at percentages of populations. Mm-hmm. When, so if you look at so if you look at the official stats, 95 percent of all cases are in the mild category. So and, but they, they judge mild between, OK, I feel like I crap. I kind of have a bad flu right. to do I have allergies? Not really sure. Right. You know, it's something it's somewhere. It's that full spectrum. So and how you, are they even how are they even gauging that? Because those would likely be a lot of people who wouldn't even go to the doctor and get a test, right? Yeah, that's how they know that there's so many more people that have it than we know of. I yeah, mean, our, you know, people are like, "Oh, look, the case count is rising so fast." That means nothing. Yeah. All that means is that we're, we've really done a good we're job testing. testing. Yeah. There's there's a story that came out. Um, uh, it, it was a tweet that went around a lot that said, "Look at this. Two weeks ago, all these experts predicted only twenty thousand cases, and there's hundred and sixty thousand cases. That's good. The reason they were predicting twenty thousand cases is because they didn't think we had any capability of actually." testing. Testing. We're now testing over 100,000 people a day. We're at now over a million total. But remember, the people who are getting tested, as you point out, are not people who are asymptomatic. Obviously, I have no idea. They're not people with light allergies. They're people who think they might have coronavirus. Right. And even with that, you're still talking only about 15% of the people are actually testing uh, positive. The other thing we're not doing, though, is you know somebody dies in their apartment. Uh, we find out about it. We're not testing those people because we're, we still don't have enough tests. So those people, there probably are deaths that we're not even accounting for uh, that are happening right now. 
Um, the numbers are pretty scary right now. I mean, uh, you know, look, New York is a disaster area. I listen to some New York radio because I, that's where I grew up around there. I was born in New York, and so I go back and listen to that from time to time. And, and you could tell they're just terrified, right? I mean, you know, yesterday, uh, 909 people in the United States died uh, from this. It's the second highest day of any, um, any country through the entire time, including Italy and Spain, not including China, because, you know, China's got to throw out their numbers. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's a lot at 900 a day. You know, you you do a thousand a day. We're going to these numbers are going to pile up really fast and we're going to get close to those numbers quickly if if this continues. I just don't trust. So, first of all, I don't trust any of the modeling. Um, It's really difficult. Some of the like that big model. They're close. Right. Like there's there's just such a large span of of numbers. We we know that like that one model that came out from the from the London Institute, um, it's recently been peer reviewed by a research uh, group in Massachusetts Mm -hmm. who said it's so flawed. We can't even use it. And not only that, but, you know, you deserve, especially in scary times, to do better work than that. It was such a strong rebuke of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But even the uh, even the death, uh, the death numbers, fatality numbers. I don't even really trust those because it just came, the story came out in Italy that the reason that their death numbers are so high is because they calculate it differently there. So there were some that would, you know, they were just about to die anyway. They happened to catch coronavirus while they were in the hospital. They're counted as a coronavirus death. Yeah. It's like infant, it's like infant mortality rates. Everyone judges them different. And, they, and I hate this because leftists and, and um, socialized medicine proponents oh, always say this. Yeah. What about the infant mortality rate? It's calculated differently here. Yeah. Absolutely calculated differently here. We try to save more uh, children than other right. countries because uh, we have really advanced me- medical technologies. Right. So that is a factor there. I will say that, like you know, since the, from the very beginning, uh, having other health problems has been a focus of this thing. So, like, it doesn't surprise me that. I mean, some some people are saying ninety to ninety-five percent of people who are dying from this have other health serious health conditions. But that you know, that's still you know, if you're somebody who has one, I mean, you know, I'll give you the number on chronic illness here in the United States. It's half it's, of the population, yeah. literally half. It's, it's, it's almost half. It's like about forty-five percent of the population. We're not. We're not a healthy. Yeah. Population. So I mean, like we could say, like, oh, it's only people with with pre-existing conditions. Well, that's almost. That's a lot of people. It's too many people to to just kind of like yada yada as uh, Elaine would do on Seinfeld. It's a, it's a big big chunk of the population, and another fifty million are over sixty-five. So I mean. Given that there's a, a lot of overlap in those two groups, there's still a lot of people out there who could be affected by this. And the models are interesting in that, like, the, uh, 538 did a great piece on this, um, if you're, you know, just want to look at it. We have no good data. This is something that I think a lot of people who have been kind of making a skeptical case against this have, have made this point, and it's totally true. We don't freaking know. We have no freaking idea. We don't know how many people have it. We don't know how many people kind of have bad symptoms. We don't know how many people have died from it because we probably had people dying from it and we're counting them as flu victims before. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of stuff we don't know. And they actually draw out the sort of flow chart of all the things you need to know. And there's like, at the end of it, there's like 40 boxes on the page and they don't have reliable number for any of them. So it's almost impossible to do. I think a lot of these scientists are putting in really good efforts and, you know, have no friggin' idea. Um, they, they did a summary of all the experts and, you know, some of them are saying 30,000. Some of them are saying, you know, uh, up to 2.5 million, right? We, they really don't know. What we do know, I guess, though, is that, um, you know, we know that Italy, with a population of 60 million, has had about 12,000 deaths. We're about five times the size of Italy. If we run into those sorts of problems... Those numbers are going to get to 100,000 pretty quick. I mean, if we did 1,000 in one day, basically, yesterday, this could get scary really quick. And you could tell, um, I, I could tell at least, I don't know if you guys were like this, but 
Now, we know Donald Trump. Donald Trump has been one of the most famous people in the United States for 40 years. We've seen him react to almost every situation imaginable. He's different. Yes. I mean, look at him. Yep. You know, this is a guy who has who cared most about the economy his entire life. Prioritized that in his business life. And as president, he's a businessman president. And this, this guy, Donald Trump, is up there telling you in the middle of an election year, no less, that he wants to turn the economy off for six weeks. Like, this is, I mean, look, he is deadly serious in these press conferences. And, you know, yeah, he has occasional spars with reporters that get reported. But what he did yesterday, I mean, that, that has to scare you if you know this guy. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. taking it very seriously. You're going to see this on uh, Glenn's special tonight. But it's, what's insane about all this is that we were looking at this in the beginning saying, oh, man, I wonder if this is going to bring the recession multiple people were writing about this. You know, some economists were thinking, oh, maybe I hope this doesn't trigger the next recession, but it probably will. The crazy thing is that this was a planned recession. We were, it was a yeah. forced recession. Yeah. I was looking through uh, quotes from top economists in the United States and members of the Fed that were saying, yes, this is a planned, shutdown, mm-hmm. forced recession of the United States economy. Same. The helicopter payments that, that go out that are, I'm assuming, are on their way right now, checks in the mail, that's usually in times like this are meant so you stimulate the economy. Right. So you go out and you spend that yeah. money and hey, the economy fires back up again. That's not what they are for in this mm-hmm. case. Mm-hmm. They're specifically just so you don't get evicted. Mm-hmm. It's not to go out and spend. It's just to try and tide you over so that we can buy enough time to where they can start the engines back up. But the hubris involved in this is that they're just going to shut down those engines and then hope that as we're plummeting to the ground, they can fire them back up and we go right back to the same altitude. Are you kidding me? The economy doesn't. That's like that. that's a hell of a gamble. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Well, especially because Stu, as you pointed out, you're shutting off the entire economy based on no no information, really. I know. Just, right? just, like, I, just a, how can you possibly justify that? I'm surprised, honestly. We've gone as far as we have. Um, I, you know, I kind of would have figured that we would have attempted something in the middle of some sort of, you know. But I mean that. I don't know, like, like again, middle, it, middle ground. Yeah, like a, yeah, like rate, a middle ground. Yeah. And, you know, but again, they ran that, that that same model that said 100 to 240 thousand. They ran that with a middle ground, which they called mitigation, and it was 2.2 million dead. And it's like, you know, look, if we were all sitting here and Barack Obama's president, and we're all just like, I, I don't know, I don't trust this guy. He, he doesn't care about the economy. He has other ideas. I don't know. There'd be a lot of things running through my brain. Donald Trump wants this economy to be good. Right. Like there is nothing in Donald Trump that makes him want to shut down the economy for six weeks, a few months away from his election. I mean, you know, I don't know what the, the, I guess the thesis is that maybe he's being fooled by these doctors or he doesn't, I I don't know, he's being duped. I I don't know. Like, obviously, like it's for him to take this, this seriously really has to be, I think, uh, is is a real piece of evidence here that like whatever he's seeing that we're not seeing must look really freaking scary because uh, you know, uh, this is not something that this is not what Donald Trump pictured of his presidency. Mm-hmm. This guy's gone through three and a half years with, with a raging economy, uh, a really good chance to be reelected against a guy who can't complete a sentence. The last thing he wants to do is shut down the economy and risk all that. And he's doing it. Um, and you could tell at the beginning he wasn't doing it. Right. right? Like it, the whatever evidence was there at the beginning did not win him over. But look at how he looks at these press conferences now. He's a different guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Coming up, uh, congressional Democrats are exploring a 9-11 style commission to investigate the Trump administration's coronavirus oh, response. God. Oh, yes. Buckle up. It's going to be an interesting segment when we come back. Seriously. <laughs> Again. Again. 
They're going to try to get him impeached like six years after he left office. <laughs> Schiff, our good friend, good friend of the program, Adam Schiff. <laughs> mm. He is not done. This is going to be impeachment part two, I'm afraid. He tweeted out, I believe it was today, he said, after Pearl Harbor and 9-11, we looked at what went wrong to learn from our mistakes. Once we've recovered, we need a nonpartisan commission to review our response and how we can better prepare for the next pandemic. I'm working on a bill <laughs> to do that. Thank God we have Adam Schiff <laughs> on the case. I mean, perhaps it could have been that an entire party was all wrapped up in uh, trying to impeach the president over nothing <laughs> and they weren't paying attention to uh, what was going on around them. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, and then, you know, Republicans have started to bring that up. I mean, I like the China angle as a defense much better than I like the, uh, you know, we were the impeachment thing just from the perspective of, look, you're going to have to deal with that nonsense right. from these people. Again, like this goes back to the impeachment, though, as well. If you wanted to make a legitimate bipartisan sensible case for impeachment. The last person on earth you'd put in charge with it of it would be Adam Schiff. And obviously this commission is the same way. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, like they were there was talk at one point of them being like, well, maybe Justin Amash will be the guy for, for impeachment because he was supporting it. It's like, okay, here's a guy who's an independent, former Republican. Maybe you'd, somebody on in the middle would listen to him. No one's listening to Adam Schiff. No, his family doesn't listen to him. Uh, so uh, this is going to be yet another pathetic effort. And again, just an effort. This is just, uh, you know, how do we get Joe Biden elected or whoever else they decide mm -hmm. to run if Joe Biden drops out? How do they get that person elected? Let's get as much dirt as we can before that election and use it. I mean, it's typical Adam Schiff. He is exactly who we thought he was. Look at that. Look, I'm sorry. Look at that picture. <laughs> oh, God. That, it just, ugh. It, like, I feel the vomit coming up into my mouth. Mm -hmm. What a smarmy mm -hmm. SOB, Jason. I can't, Im <laughs> I can't imagine really what they would find that would be damaging to him really at all. There's been some damaging media uh, articles that have come out. Uh, I can think of multiple off the top of my head that have been, they, they've kind of cross fact checked themselves at this point. They're all bogus. Yes. Every single yeah. one of them have been bogus. The truth of the matter is, he's done more than I can. There, there's no frame of reference for this. The only thing Cleveland close would be maybe be swine flu. But yeah. the president acted ton stronger towards this. Right, than if you compare, Obama did. yeah, if you, comparatively speaking, it's not even close. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. It's not, not even all. close. No, Especially no. when you talk about the reaction time, if you're looking at the number of deaths. Yeah, reaction time, number of deaths, what was done, how much money was allocated, and the fact that this virus started thousands and thousands of miles away versus swine flu happening directly in our backyard. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was probably more cause for Obama to act a lot more hard, you know, harder or stronger than he did at that time, but he didn't. Yeah. yeah. And again, you also have so many, so many things on the record from people like Nancy Pelosi and Andrew Cuomo who are saying, you know, this, this is this panic is not warranted. Hey, come on down to Chinatown and make out with a random person <laughs> in the street. Uh, you AOC know. encouraged people to go out and and to Chinese restaurants because it was racist if you didn't. There you go. go yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I think I think uh, Pelosi said that as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, these were these these were things done in mid-March. Right. This, like mid-March, like three weeks ago, they were doing this. Um, you know, Trump had some pretty flippant comments, particularly at the beginning in January and February, though he did do a couple of really strong moves as well. In fact, you know, our first uh, quarantine um, uh, done by the CDC in 50 years was done by Donald Trump. 
Uh, and he did that in January. Mm. I mean, so like, it, not to mention, obviously, the flight restrictions from China, which get brought up a lot. But he also did them from Europe. And we, when the Europe thing was happening, we're like, is he racist there, too? Because I thought he liked <laughs> Europeans. I thought the whole thing was he was like too white supremacist and loved the Europeans. He's blocking all of them, too. The only thing they really have on him is like, like you said, some of the things in early in January and February when he was calling it like the flu. So this is basically like the flu. That's really the only thing I've seen, yeah. you know, of. Anything coming close to substance, but you know, for him, like, kind of yeah. you know, saying this is not that big of a deal. But even if he said, even when he said those things, it, it coincided, and it, it's mm-hmm. and it coincided with actual actions, like you said, the first quarantine in fifty years. Yeah. Well, uh, February fourth, he mentioned it in his State of the Union address, which was the moment, you know, after this, after the State of the Union, when Pelosi tore his entire speech in half. Mm-hmm. So oh, I'm sure, geez, yeah. like a zillion years ago. Doesn't oh it? Gosh. I know. I think we've all aged Impeachment was still going on at that years. point. Right. Wow. Impeachment. That's what I'm saying. Impeachment was still going on. He was talking about it in his address. Democrats were just concerned with ripping his speech up mm-hmm. and making a big production out of it at the time. Uh, I think that he had already created, yeah, he created a coronavirus task force on January 27th. Uh, two days later, he chaired a meeting uh, of the task the task force, and then handed it over to Mike Pence. Um, and then the 31st, so this was before his uh, State of the Union, was when he enacted the travel ban on China. Yeah, which was a big move, and he took a lot of criticism for it. I think I don't think it was this show, but I, I mentioned this on one of the 5,000 shows on this network that, that we're on every day. I'm offended um, that yeah. you don't know. <laughs> I, I I'm sorry. Um, no, it couldn't have been. Like, so we actually, I think we played the clip, but it was Maggie Haberman, who is a record, reporter who's been critical of Trump uh, largely. Uh, it kind of bounces back and forth between Trump's favorite, favorite reporter and least favorite reporter at the New York <laughs> Times. Um, but she was on the, that, their podcast, The Daily, and said, you know, Donald Trump, did this with the, the flights from China. Um, experts now look back at it and said it was a very good move. And he took a lot, she, even she said, she took a lot of crap of it, uh, about it, was called racist, was called xenophobic, and it was the right move. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that, you know, uh, at the time was not considered that it could have been the right move. And, and that's what I keep coming back with on this entire approach. Because I'm terrified about what's going to happen with the economy. I'm terrified about it. I think, like, we all know it's going to be really, really bad. The question is, you know, how bad do you let it get? Uh, when can you get it back? And how many lives, you know, are you willing to risk? I mean, it's a really, it's an impossible thing. It's one of those things that you really, you sit up in the morning and you get up in the Oval Office, you're like, why the hell did I want this job? Because <laughs> it is freaking hard. I, I don't know how he's doing it. Um, however, like, I keep coming back to the idea of, like, he, unlike a lot of other people, you know, you look at Virginia, who's now banned all, everybody's in their house until June 10th. He's looking at this and he's saying, okay, here's the information we have. Let's give it a couple weeks, see where it goes. Okay, we see where it goes. It doesn't look great. Let's give it a month, and and we need to figure this out. We think the peak is going to be in two weeks. He is trying, I think, to judge it by the information on the ground, and I guess that's all he can do. Okay, two more months of lockdown. You can. What that means is you can basically expect a ton of more bailouts. Because, if, yeah. again, if their goal is just to give you enough money so that you can pay your bills or so you can have loans to small businesses to keep their businesses up— uh, there was a George Washington University uh, prof- economics professor that just ran all those numbers. I think there was, do you remember, Stu, it was like close to $400 billion for in small in loans for small businesses mm-hmm. so they can keep going. Mm-hmm. He said that that's only enough for like two months-ish, something like that, right. just for payroll. Mm-hmm. Wow. Just for payroll. So that doesn't count mortgage. That does not mm-hmm. count if you lease other equipment, yeah. stuff like that. That's it. So, I mean... Uh, I'm, that's ludicrous. Two more months, that is ludicrous. Yeah, no, I know. And I mean, we're seeing, I mean, I know Toronto banned all public events up to 
uh, June 30th. You're seeing everyone just set a new a new finish line. Now, I guess, like, you could argue, let's set something way out in front, and then we'll end it early if, if it ends. Right. Let's the, let's, that'll be great. But I, I, the American people can't put up with this. No. I mean, like, the, you, can only, you can only do this for so long. At some point, we're going to need to uh, make our move here. And, I mean, I, what I'm hoping for is we, we have this extra here six weeks, which have been really devastating to the economy. And I, I think driving everybody insane is a whole other part of this, and everyone's going to be an alcoholic after this. Um, <laughs> but after that, like, maybe that buys us six weeks to get all the tests that we need and all the ventilators and all the, all the masks and all the equipment and all, and maybe, maybe we're down the road on a treatment. Maybe one of these tests come through with, with these medications, and at least we can have a way to do this. The antibody test might come through where we can see, like, I'm 99% convinced that I, I, I already had it. I, already had coronavirus. Same. We're all kind of convinced. <laughs> yeah. Like, if, if we knew that, though, this wouldn't be risking our lives talking yeah. to each other right now. <laughs> but I like, I prefer the narrative that we are risking our lives. Yeah, yeah it does no. make me feel kind of badass. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You, you, know, you know what's one upside? Almost every single neighborhood you drive through, pristine. Pristine. Uh, mm-hmm. And everyone nonstop is working on their yard. Yeah, my depot true. got, yeah. I mean, their sales were through the roof because everyone was like, well, we're going to be home. We might as well do some of our home projects. <laughs> my son, I've, I've made my son my gardener because I'm just like trying to find things for him to do. <laughs> I'm like, get on the yard. Schnell. Schnell. <laughs> He's like, Dad, can I stop? Nine. <laughs> <laughs> we got to take a break. We'll be back in a minute. <laughs> That's funny. I still have like everything on my to do list. I've got nothing to copy. Are you sure? Oh, you've been up here. That's why. So this has been uh, a pet peeve of mine. I keep seeing all of these people with gloves on at the grocery store. And I'm like, oh my gosh. stop wearing the gloves. Why are you wearing the gloves? Uh, and I was like, what am I missing? Obviously, I'm not the doctor here. I'm willing to say I'm the stupid one. Okay, so what am I missing? <laughs> but a doctor has finally come out. I think he was on Fox News uh, last night. He finally has come out and said, no, uh, gloves are not a good idea. You're, they're accumulating all, all of these germs on the gloves, and you're going to touch your face anyway, and you're not going to know it, or you're going to touch everything else and bring it home with you. And washing your hands is actually just the smartest idea, which yeah. is a very novel concept in 2020 to just wash your freaking hands. Yeah, no, I've, I've decided I've never done it before the last couple of weeks washing my hands, and now I do it all the time. <laughs> um, it's funny, though, um, you know, they, they are saying that uh, Tucker Carlson did a segment on this. We've talked about it as well on radio where the mask thing seems like it actually is a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, the, the study's showing about an 89% blockage of all these gross little things that are thro- floating through the air. A lot better than 0%. You mean the masks that they were telling us not to wear because they don't do anything? Uh, you know what? I'm sure Adam Schiff, because it's a bipartisan uh, uh, mm. uh, group that's going to get to the answers, is going to look into this. <laughs> but in all seriousness, they, they, they told us yep. that we did not need these masks. Yep. They lied. Yep. They blatantly lied. Now, need is a weird word, but like they said they weren't even going to be effective against this virus. And like you, know, you think, okay, well, they must be small particles. They're going to get through. No, they just basically wanted to not, they didn't want people out rushing to go buy them. Like you can't, you can say to us, Screw please don't go buy them because we need right. them and hope that we do it. But you can't lie to us about that. That's a, that's a scandal. Yeah. I mean, you know, people may have died. It should be. Because of that. It certainly should be, Jason. I'm not wearing one of those stupid things. They look <laughs> stupid. I don't care what's, I don't care if Ebola goes airborne. I'm not wearing one of those damn masks. I'm just not doing it. Such I refuse. Thing to people say. walking around, I will die and look cool instead of die looking stupid. Like can, all those people wearing masks. Can we just, if you are someone who dresses up to go to the grocery store, like you wear all of this yeah. ridiculous stuff, can you like take a picture of yourself and 
and tweeted to me because I'm getting so much. I mean, I'm sorry, but it's funny. It is. It's well, really funny to see what people come up with. I'm like the. I just showed you before yeah. the show uh, someone with literally a paper bag over his head that he had cut out eye holes. I'm like, I, I was in I was in Home Depot and this dude had like a like an old west gunfighter. He had the bandana tied oh, around yeah. his face like that. They yeah. say that? that, yeah, yeah, no. But it's not a paper bag. I know that's good. What is the paper bag gonna do? One of the funny things is that you know, of course, they've passed so many freaking dumb laws that you don't know about. But like in like I think it's like 12 states, there's laws against you wearing masks in public because uh, for whatever reason, like they thought it was gonna be terrible. Oh terrorism or robbery or whatever it was. So, like, they have to, like, people might be wearing the surgical mask and can theoretically go to prison. Uh, now, I'm sure it won't happen, but it's theoretically possible. That's funny. Uh, it is kind of bizarre. I mean, it, look, it's, it's, it's funny that, like, all the things that you're supposed to do, you know, the, the mask thing is interesting because it's, it's very much in the culture of Asian countries now because they dealt with, like, 9,000 of these bad right. diseases. Uh, so, you know, they're, <laughs> they're the ones that do it. I know. And the viruses always come from there. I know. So it ain't working. Well, Just stop. But they ha- it, for this one, it has worked, right? I mean, yeah. like Singapore, Hong Kong, um, you know, have, have showed really good results. South Korea showed good results here. Um, but it's very much against our culture. Yeah. Like, it's really, it's really against the culture of the United States. It's weird. It's different. Like, we all notice it. It's strange. Like, there, there's someone, I think National Review wrote something about how, like, it goes back you know, to like the foundation of Christianity and like talking about being unveiled and uh, like that was a, it's something that's very common in other cultures, but not common here. And like, I don't think we're ever going to get over it. We're like, ah, screw it. We're dying of all the diseases. Everyone's, uh, we're all, yeah, yeah, we're all, that's what I was going to say. Everyone's as shallow as Jason. Just like, well, I'm not going to look stupid if I'm going to die. Okay. Um, So Ruth Bader Ginsburg, apparently she is just like, I'm not quarantining. Um, I'm, I'm going to go work out at my public gym, which I don't even understand how this gym is still open. Well, it's, it's part of the Supreme Court, right? It's like yeah. a, the Supreme Court gym. Okay, well, it said public gym in this, and I was like, how is a public gym still oh, open? I don't know. But it's, so it's only yeah. public to members of the, the Supreme, Supreme Court. Court. <laughs> it's not very public, not very public no. at all. In at least fact, that's what quite I, exclusive. I, I thought that's what it was. But, uh, yeah, I don't think any of them are open, really. There's not, no. there's not gyms still open, really, in the United States, is there? I'm sure there are somewhere, but... Let, let's, and let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, RBG doesn't have to quarantine because she's going to live forever. Yeah, she, she's not, she is at no risk of dying. Four-time cancer survivor. She's amazing. And she's, she really is. How old is she now? I mean, she's and she's. I mean, honestly, I read this headline and I was like, I'm not even mad. I'm just impressed she's still going to the gym. Uh, I can't even get my ass off the couch to go. <laughs> I know. Uh, a thousand-year-old woman is doing it. Right. It makes you feel really, really. It is odd though. Like inadequate. when you think of why do you go to the gym to be healthy. Like, if you're a four-time cancer survivor and you're 115 years old, probably not a good idea to risk. Like, the gym benefit is not uh, a good trade-off, I would think, in that it, situation. That's true, but it does it does lend to what I keep asking, which is if someone's, like, 80, 90 years old and they're like, I want to go to the grocery store and live my life, I don't care about the risk, I've lived a long life and yeah. I'm fine with it, like, <laughs> let him freaking go. Yeah, I mean, the only risk is, of course, passing it to somebody else, but if you're 90, you're we're moving pretty slow, so I don't know if, uh, you know. Well, also, I mean, like, we're never going to shut that down in America, in a no. free society. Like, we're always going to be passing germs back and forth from each other. How do you prevent that from happening? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what changes after this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I've heard speculation that, like, the handshaking thing kind of probably goes away after this. Like, that's just not... I'm okay with that. I'm kind of okay with it, too. Like, I never thought <laughs> it was great. You think that goes away? No that's, way. That's what, you know, that's is, it, is it replaced with anything, though? Because right. I'm not replacing no, it with the elbow thing. Not, it's too yeah. weird. I, I just, we just no. don't talk to each other anymore. I mean, that's just so much easier. <laughs> I'm honestly found that to be very wonderful. I feel like this is a great time. I know we got to take a break, but this is a great time to remind everyone. Stu has a shirt. 
at Stu, what is it, Stu Does Merch? Yeah, StuDoesMerch.com. That says, sorry, can't make it, self-quarantining. Yeah, so that, that gets you out of not only events now, but when the when the whole thing's over, you can skip any party, <laughs> any uh, work event that you're supposed to go to. That's Just solid. wear that shirt, you can get out of anything. Solid. Back in a minute. Self-quarantine, <laughs> but you're out. You're out at the restaurant. Why would you? <laughs> well, it's, it starts out. Wait, this. wait. <laughs> Yesterday's, yesterday's poll was an interesting one. Uh, where is Biden? Let's see. 35% of you said sleeping. 26% said yelling malarkey. 24% said telling corn pop stories. He was a bad dude. 15% said insulting voters. That's we here on the show. Ever. I know, but we said I, I, all of the above. Yeah. How can you just pick one? I don't so know how you guys did it. He's yelling malarkey while asleep? Absolutely. In his sleep. In his sleep. Uh, Come on. You could totally see that happening. Uh, today's poll should, I love this poll, should Trump pardon Joe Exotic? Obviously, the answer is yes. Joe Exotic should be pardoned. He was set up. I'm just saying. I don't know. You haven't watched I, it, have you? Glenn literally assigned me to watch it today. He's like, you have homework tonight. I'm like, what? He's like, you got to watch at least three episodes of Tiger King or whatever it is. So, I mean, uh, there are worse thing. homework assignments. I'm actually, I've been wanting to watch it, uh, yeah. but I'm, I just have not caught up. I'm so far behind on TV stuff that I was going to wait until I finished the other. Now I got to jump in. Have you seen it? In. I've seen two episodes. It's interesting. It, oh, it just gets more and more. <laughs> it does not stop getting interesting until the very last moment. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.